0: The Free For All Roundtable.
1: Round one. On round two, let's say good morning to Deb Hutton, former senior advisor to two Ontario premiers. Michelle Morrow is here. She is a music teacher. Pavan Brach, a serial entrepreneur in marketing, tech and real estate development. Also a part-time farmer. He wears many hats. All right, let's (laughs) actually start Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because it's, you know, it's going to happen. Um, But, Deb Hutton, you must be very hopeful, like the rest of us, that at 10 o'clock this morning, CUPE says it's 55,000 workers accepted the deal and there will be no more strife.
0: Yeah, I am super hopeful. Uh, Let's recall, though, that Laura Walton, the leader of CUPE, didn't exactly sell this very hard to remember. So I am slightly concerned. uh, But I'm hopeful that CUPE members will say this is this is a good deal. And we don't want to be on strike.
1: Then again, Michelle, it's just going to be the next station of the cross because there are other unions to negotiate with.
2: Yes, that's a great way to put it, is that this one's done, but there are many more in the future. I just feel like we are constantly in this state of potential strike for so many of our unions. But I really, I'm the, I'm with Deb, I really hope that they ratify this or all vote to vote to ratify it, because I don't want the kids out of school.
1: Yeah, as Pavan, if they say no, that is going to be complete and utter chaos. I mean, we're back to the drawing board, everybody's going to start digging trenches, and we're looking at a strike.
3: Yeah, I think they'll, they'll fall further, uh, from favor uh, with the public. The public's watched this whole thing. It's tough times for everybody if everybody's dealing with high interest rates, inflation, et cetera. So they want people to get on with it. And, but if it does go the way they're expecting it, uh, you know, I think the union will still look like sore winners. Um, they, they, you know, th- this is really, uh, again, I say it a huge opportunity. These, this union would have lost probably if the other unions didn't all uh, kind of climb on and support. Uh, QP uh, when when Ford pulled out the uh, notwithstanding clause, otherwise I think they would have been in, in tougher waters. But I do think that, you know, if you look at Doug Ford, he has good relationships with a lot of unions, and, and Leuna is one of them that comes to mind. And I do think that this union needs to stop fighting and stop being adversarial. And and Ford has to do his part as well. They both have to come to the table and figure out how to make the system better, and it can be done without without strikes.
1: Uh Montreal Canadiens goalie, Carey Price, posted on social media posing in hunting gear and holding a gun, which uh, a gun person tells me was a shotgun. Uh, but he's come out against Canada's firearms bill. Um, Michelle, I know that you've got military in the family, and you probably know mm-hmm. your, you probably know your way around a gun. Uh, some people are saying he should stay in his lane. No, it's everybody's lane. Either you like guns or you don't like guns, but everyone's entitled to an opinion.
2: Absolutely. and I, I always feel bad for people who are in the public sphere when they make a stand on something and everyone attacks them and says this isn't your place they're just they just have a platform and they have a voice and you can take it at face value he is a hockey player whether you want to lean into it or not that's up to you but he can say what he wants um and i'm i'm really torn about this because i see why people are nervous around automatic weapons i see how it can easily be um for people who don't like guns, it can be perceived simply as a weapon of destruction. You don't necessarily use a lot of automatic or like high intensity powered rifles for hunting. You use it for target practice. Um, But as someone who we have guns in our house, my husband has all his military, um, he has his military licenses and he has his, um, I forgot the term, his gun license as well. So, and he's very strict on, on how he treats them and how we handle ourselves at the range. And I like to think that most gun owners are like that. But unfortunately, what is it they say? A few apples ruin the bunch or ruin the barrel. And the people who do the worst are the ones who get the most attention. And I understand why people who obey the law and are law-abiding citizens are feel like they are getting smashed.
1: Pavin, I guess it's not surprising that some people were pushing back against Kerry Price because guns quite, well, literally trigger some people.
3: <laughs> they do indeed. Yeah. And it's tough. It, you know, the, for citizens who don't hunt, and obviously I have hunted, you know, throughout most of my life. You know, it sounds so ominous, a semi automatic weapon, but it just simply means that the weapon reloads itself after firing and it's not a machine gun. Uh, But, uh, you know, the liberals have been very disingenuous, not a little, in slipping this little last minute change in that says that all weapons that are semi automatic or reload automatically. So if you're following an animal or an animal's coming at you and charging you, if it's a case of a bear, you have to stop and reload and uh, manually by hand hand. So that, you know, making this change, you know, as it was said earlier, the Liberals have really been disingenuous, snuck this in at the last second when people aren't looking, when people are focused on on other issues, and and it doesn't look good for them.
1: Well, and Deb, they're also marshalling this law to correspond with the 6th of December, which is the Polytechnique massacre.
0: Yeah, I I mean, there's there's legitimately so much in terms of politics around this. Pavan has sort of outlined what the the real contentious point is for people uh, who who might favor, say, a ban on handguns, for example, but not a full on ban on things that legitimate gun owners use these guns for. I grew up with grandparents who owned farms. There was always a, a, a shotgun in the back hall locked up it was for safety of the animals so uh, the one thing i will say about carry price is they have actually put by coming out he has put a a i think a face on the other side of this issue that I think is is a really important message to send to people who are like myself, who don't understand guns, who are aware that there is a legitimate need and that legitimate owners actually are the most safe in the world when it comes to firearms. And, you know, hey, here's a hockey player. Seems a little out of place, but it's a really, really good PR message, I think.
1: Uh, Let me start with you on this next topic, Deb, and uh, that's because of your experience at Queen's Park, and apparently, if, well, not apparently, if nobody else declares their intention to seek the leadership of the provincial NDP, then Merritt Stiles is the last person standing and the only person standing, and she'll become the next NDP leader. Your thoughts?
0: i suspect she's not real happy about this yeah. because because uh, races are actually really good they're good just in a generic sense for democracy they're good for parties and exposure and they're good for the leader because it's like a practice round for the big game which is the election in this case in ontario in 2026 it gives her profile it gives her as i said practice and it gives her legitimacy on a platform that we've already heard on news talk 1010 her talk about but it actually will give her more exposure and and she can say, I ran as your leader on A, B and C, and now I intend to implement it in the legislature as the opposition leader. So uh, I'm sure she's at the top of the list for thinking this is not great for her or the party.
1: Yeah, Michelle Morrow, it, I don't think any party needs for its leadership race to be a version of Farmer in the Dell.
2: Yeah, I feel like it'll more people—people who perhaps were on the periphery of wanting to pay attention to this—once there is no debate, then it's kind of like, oh, that's that's the leader. So we'll just wait until something happens. We'll wait until the next election. Um, I'm with Deb. I think I think this is a, would be a great practice for her. And I, I'm a nerd. I love hearing people debate. And for me, it's seeing the leaders like stand up and have to de- defend their points against a very aggressive. Um, counterpoints is really interesting to me. And I feel like it either shows that they have the strength and the nerve to be a great leader and a good debater, or they fall apart at the seams. And it would be good to know that before they actually become the leader.
1: Yeah, Pavan, I'm somewhat surprised, actually, that more people didn't intend. I thought, you know, even some federal NDP MPs might have declared their intention. I mean, you get to be the leader of the opposition and a premier in waiting.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go so far as to say it's a terrible sign for the NDP that nobody wants to be the leader except for one lady. And and you know, no listen, no regardless of your views, I think we can all agree that it's great to have strong choices and a strong opposition. And if Nobody wants the job except for for one individual and is not prepared to step forward. What does that say about the prize? And, you know, I mean, in the face of the fact that the Liberals are almost gone, they're completely cooked themselves. You know, vast swaths of traditional Liberal voters have now switched to Doug Ford. I mean, he swept Brampton, he swept Mississauga. Um, you know, I think it's it's a sad commentary on the relevance of the NDP going forward, uh, and and I think one of the critical issues, and it, it'll sound biased because they come from a business background, is the fact that these guys are one track records. They they have no no interest whatsoever in stimulating business and, and making our province a viable operation versus just uh, labor issues, and that's the issue there, I think.
1: Deb, you and I have a characteristic in common, which is that we often let seemingly unimportant things bother us a great deal. Uh, for me, it's dogs wearing hats. Um, in your case, you're a little miffed over the girl guides having settled on two possible names which now go to a vote. They are comets or embers.
0: Yeah. And I I don't have a problem with either of the name. My problem is the fact that we are having this discussion in the first place. I was a brownie. I was a girl guide. Both of my girls started in Sparks and are still in guiding in Ontario. Friday was a PD day. I took my daughter, my youngest, she's a brownie, and her two friends who last year were brownies. They are the two girls twins, half south asian and half chinese and it came on the radio the topic and so we started talking about it the the wonderful times you have as a mom driving your kids in the back seat the two girls were baffled absolutely baffled as to why the term brownies is offensive and the three of them the three 8 year olds came to the conclusion that there must be something wrong with the organization something bad about the organization and i tried my best to explain just that some people didn't uh, they found they took offense to the word brownies but these two girls as i said half south asian half chinese no concept whatsoever and then maitland my youngest who's a little white girl couldn't figure it out and wondered if maybe she should stop going to brownies. We are so politically correct, John, that we're actually harming a good thing in this country. And I just have a hard time believing that the term brownies as a girl guide with brown owl and tawny owl as their leaders is offensive to that many people to such a degree that we are changing a lifetime of a a guiding name in this in this country. All right, Michelle Morrow, you may get the last word on this.
2: Oh, listening to Deb, that's that's way more passionate than I felt. Um, I was in Brownies and Guides and Pathfinders as well. Um, I have boys, so it's not a debate that's in our happening in our house right now. I know I have friends who have girls and they're very excited about the two names that have been picked, but they perhaps are not as politically um, engaged, and so I haven't had that conversation yet. I, it's not something I have a horse in. I don't have a horse in this race, and so I haven't had to deal with that. But I like the names they've chosen, and I feel that they're very sweet. Yeah,
3: and as a brown guy, I couldn't agree more, John. With uh, with Deb and Michelle, I mean, this whole thing is ridiculous. How long until we we decide we have to change comets? The name comets because they're associated with asteroids that killed Dino the dinosaur. I mean, we're just overly correct, and we've lost
1: all all reality. Thank y'all. Good to have you this morning. Very passionate, Deb Hutton, Povin uh, Branch, and Michelle Morrow. Catch the round table. Round one at 7:45. Round two at 8:45. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010, Toronto.